Aloha and welcome to Amen Podcast, where we preach the good news of Jesus Christ and how it applies to everyday life. I'm Lokelani, your host, and I'm joined by my husband, Alex, who is preaching about putting God first in your life. Through this sermon, he will give you five steps on how to put God first. We're continuing our series in Matthew, so we're in chapter 10, looking at verses 34 through 39. I'll go ahead and read those verses. Alex will share the message, and then at the end, we'll have a little time called After the Amen, hosted by me. (laughs) All right, let's read. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Amen. I have a friend that uh, drove from his college to the college that my dad works at while I was speaking there. And uh, after the message, he comes up on stage and he's like, hey, Alex, like I saw that you posted you were going to be in Chicago and uh, just love what you do. And I've been following you for a long time. And uh, he and I just talked about a situation he's going through at home. his family members closest to him don't believe in this ministry that he felt called to serve in all summer long. And uh, they don't come from a Christian background. And so they just could not understand why a grown man, a college student would give his summer away helping people in a different state when he could be doing an internship at a business or something. Um, they could not wrap their mind around why he would do that. And mm. um, we talked about these verses so much to this, that we still talk about them to this day because for these verses to become real in your life, it's very heavy. And that's why we titled it first because a lot of people put in their bio, God first, yeah. until their family says otherwise, mm. until you have to literally put God before your family. Um, That's an uncomfortable position. And that's why Jesus takes these verses, four or five verses, just to talk to the apostles about putting him before family. So we have five steps to do this because it's not going to be easy, but if we follow these five steps, we'll have all the power we need to do it. Mm. Number one, fight. Christianity is a fight. If you look at uh, the first verse, verse 10, chapter 10, 34, tells us Christianity is a fight. He says, I've come not to bring peace, but a sword. Swords divide. Swords cut. Swords are violent. Swords are for battle. In Matthew 11, 12, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence and the violent take it by force. What Jesus is saying there is the kingdom of God came about through violence. It's not going to come about in your life any other way. Hmm. Violence means force. If you are going to find your way into the kingdom of God, someone had to die for you to be in in that kingdom. That's violent. If you're going to continue to walk in the ways of the kingdom of God, 
it's going to be a forceful thing. You're going to have to force yourself off the couch, off the comfortability couch into obeying God. Your flesh is not going to go easy. The world is certainly not going to go easy. Mm-hmm. It's going to be violent. Christianity is a fight. So unless you first know that, you'll never be able to put God first in your life. Number two, it says, uh, number, point number two, step number two is, is family. If you choose God, you're going to lose family. Jesus says, your enemies will be that of your own household. The people closest to you at times are not going to like you putting God first and obeying God wholeheartedly in their life, even if they're Christian. Even every single Christian struggles with putting God first in their life. So if you, a son or a daughter or a mom or a dad, decide I'm going to put God first in my life, the rest of your family is going to feel some type of way about that. Even if they're believers, they're going to be convicted by it. What we're talking about here is having love for God over the love for acceptance. Mm. Even my own kids are going to be at times an enemy to me when I decide to do what's best for them according to God's word. I'm going to feel like an enemy of their fun. I'm going to feel like an enemy of you know, their joy if I decide, you know, no more iPad or, you know, we're going to exercise. Let's go outside and run a few laps. Like they're going to feel like, why is my dad doing this? He's an enemy to me at times. Now that's a Mm -hmm. small way, but Mm -hmm. in bigger ways, you're going to have to choose God over acceptance in your own family. And John 7, three through five, listen to what happens to even our Lord So Jesus's brothers said to him, leave here and go to Judea that your disciples may also see the works you are doing for no one works in secret. If he seeks to be known openly, if you, if you do these things, show yourself to the world for not even his brothers believed in him. The closest people in Jesus's life, the ones he shared the same womb with did not believe he was the son of God. You could not ask for a better brother. You cannot ask for a kinder friend. And yet, even with the miracles, and yet, even with all the oohs and ahs, they still didn't believe Jesus was the son of God. If Jesus's own siblings were enemies to him, how much more will our closest people in our life be our enemies at times when we choose to put God first? If you choose God, you're going to lose family. Step three, final. And before I go into step three, you may lose family um, and they may come back. You know, we just got an awesome phone call uh, to our family of an uncle who wasn't following the Lord and now is, and for years opposed it. And so you can lose family and just like the prodigal son comes back, family can come back, but you're going to feel a loss of family a loss of connection. Mm. You know, me and my brothers aren't as close as we used to be when I was in the world. We used to be really close. And so we're still, we still love each other, but we're not as close as we used to be. And they feel that, I feel that. If you choose God, you're gonna lose family. If you put God first, you're gonna have to put everyone else second. Mm -hmm. And second is last. What does Ricky Bobby say? If you're not first, you're last. Mm. Step three, final, 
Being a Christian means your love for God is the final word in your life. Jesus says, if you don't put me first in these verses, you're not worthy of me. Romans 8.38, what does this promise tell us? For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is nothing and no one that can separate you from the love of God. That is a promise. That means being a Christian means putting your love for God as the final word in your life. Otherwise, you're not worthy to call yourself a Christian. Those are the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 10. He's saying in Romans 8, nothing and no one can come between you and I. That's a promise. And it's also permission to proceed by putting God first in your life. He's saying for a Christian, if you're going to call yourself that, it means no one, not even an angel, not even a demon, no one, not even yourself can come in between you and God. That's what it means to be a Christian. Christ has given us the power to walk in that, mm-hmm. walk in that finality. That means day after day, that never changes. It's final. Have you ever had a conversation with someone and they're like, no, that's it. That's final. That's it. The conversation's over. And when it comes to the love of God in your life, it's final. You have the love of God. You're in the love of God and nothing will ever be able to separate you from that love. Step four is forget. Being a Christian and dying to yourself means forgetting the past. Jesus tells us to take up our cross and follow him. He's connecting that to uh, John 21, verse 18, when Jesus says to Peter, truly, truly, I say to you, Peter, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you were, you, when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. Jesus is telling Peter how he's going to die. He says, you will stretch out your hands, but another will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Super interesting. Why would he be the one stretching out his hands? And yet another person's dressing him and another one's taking him where he doesn't want to go. The, the legend goes that Peter died by crucifixion upside down from extra biblical, extra biblical commentary. We get that story right here. It sounds like that. It says, it sounds like he's the one stretching out his hands. And this was a prophecy about what was going to happen to him. But he's saying, when you were young, you got dressed, you went where you wanted to go. But if you're going to follow me and take up your cross, what that's going to mean for you, Peter, is you're going to have to forget the past. You're going to have to forget how life was for you when you were a child doing, doing whatever you wanted to do when you were a young man doing whatever you want to do. Your desires are going to change. You're going to be the one who wants, wants to stretch out his hands. But another part of you is not going to want to go to that cross because of what it means, how it's going to feel, how scary that is. And another one's going to, another person's going to dress you and get you ready in all your crucifixion robe and all that kind of stuff. 
We are going to have to learn to let go of the past if we're going to put God first in our life. You can't continue. You can't continue to call yourself a Christian, to try to live as a Christian, to try to put God first in your life, dwelling on the past. Mm -hmm. You have to let go and to forget on how things used to be when you were before you were a Christian, as a baby Christian, the decisions that you made when you were more immature in your faith, you're going to have to let go of those things. That's what it means to die to yourself. It means unlearning stuff. All those years learning how to put God second have to go. You have mm -hmm. to unlearn how you used to live and learn by following Jesus. He says, follow me. He says, my burden is light. My yoke is easy. He just says, come with me. He doesn't say sit down, pick up a pen and, you know, look, look at the chalkboard and stay after for detention. He doesn't say all the things our teachers say to us. He's a different kind of teacher. He's a teacher that says, follow me. Walk closely behind me, mm. looking at me, forgetting the past. Mm. The last step is feel. A Christian's power to live for God first comes from feeling Jesus lose his life. So we talked about the five steps. One, fight. Number two, family. Three, final. Four, forget. Number five, last step, feel. The power to live for God first comes from feeling Jesus lose his life. He says, if you're going to follow me, you must lose your life. And then if you do that for my sake, you will find it. In Luke chapter 23, verse 46 through 47, Jesus calling out in a loud spirit said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having breathed his last, he said this. Then a centurion saw what had happened. Centurion is a Roman soldier nearby. He gave glory to God saying, surely this was a righteous man. Some of the craziest two verses in all the Bible. So first of all, on the cross, you die by suffocation. You die, your lungs fill up with fluid. You don't have the strength to pull up and to breathe. If you have a pull-up bar at home or a door frame that's thick, you can hold on to it and let all your weight hang for a little bit. And you'll notice that to breathe, you have to do a, a minute pull-up to raise your shoulders to get air inside of your lungs. That's what happens on the cross. You have to, you, you eventually die from having the exhaustion of being able to pull up to breathe, to pull up on the nails to breathe. That's how you die. Exhaustion, suffocation, essentially drowning. But in Luke chapter 23, verse 46, it says, then Jesus calling out with a loud voice. You're not supposed to be able to do that on the cross. This is after hours and hours of hanging on the cross. Why did Jesus say, I am the one that lays down my life. No one takes my life. You're not supposed to be able to scream on the cross, especially not a sentence. He committed his spirit into the hands of God. He let go of his life. No one took his life. He didn't die like a normal crucifixion victim. He died by laying down his life. That is proved by him being able to scream after hours on the cross. It's beautiful. And yet it's super heavy because 
in order for us to really put God first, we have to feel in a way what Christ was feeling in that moment on the cross. Losing his father, feeling the wrath of God, walking straight into the flames of hell, being kissed by death, the grim reaper coming in, chopping him down and him allowing it to happen because of what great love mm. he had for us, what great love he had for the father. The more you think about Jesus losing your life, the more you'll be able to find your life. The more you see Jesus being treated as last, you'll have the power to put God first. He says the first will be last and the last will be first. Jesus is the firstborn of all creation, yet he's treated as last on the cross. He's treated as last in our hearts, last by humanity, and yet he sits at the right hand of the Father first before everyone. There is no name that is higher. Mm. Where are you struggling with this? What are you putting before God? Having a close relationship with God means putting him first, it means following these steps. It means looking at his life and knowing that what you're experiencing is normal. If you feel like it's a fight, that's normal. If you feel like you're losing your family, that's normal. If you're feeling the finality of living for God, that's normal. If you have this desire to forget your past and to walk away from it, good. Everyone has that. Only Christians have the power to actually do it. And it's okay to feel. Don't be afraid to feel. That's probably one of the scariest things about being a Christian is the things that God asks us to feel mm. because we don't want to feel the vulnerability. Mm -hmm. We don't want to sit down, put pen to paper and really dig in our heart. Mm. For a Christian, their shovel is sometimes a pin. It's sometimes taking a ballpoint pen, sitting down, getting alone, praying and writing down what is going on in your heart, mm. writing down what you want to say to God writing down what you feel like God is saying to you. Mm -hmm. That pen is like a shovel and that ground is hard. Yeah. Maybe you have horrible handwriting like me and you need to type it out. That's okay. Your keyboard's like a shovel, but Christian dig. Mm. <coughs> Excuse me. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for what you've done for us and how you have given us the power to live God first by putting ourselves last. Help us to see how Christ did that. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. This is the part of the episode called After the Amen, where we ask you a question to help you apply this message to your life. And our question for you today is, what are you putting before God? What are you putting before God? And I'll go first, as always. Um, for me personally, I think I'm putting fear and insecurity and uh like knowledge, I guess you could say before God, like wanting to know why this person isn't 
living for Christ, you know, wanting to know why this is happening in someone's life or why this is happening in our life instead of just um, trusting and obeying that the Lord's timing is perfect, that His ways are perfect, that um, His His way in doing things um, are according to His purposes and not mine, um, and that I can experience true freedom when I am living submitted to His will and what He wants in my life and the lives of others. And so... Um, yeah, I think I never thought of those things as not putting him first. Um, but I'm definitely, when I'm submitting to those fears, I'm definitely putting those fears over him. And I'm not like spending time in the word. I'm not meditating on his word. I'm not um, chewing on the things of Christ. I'm not chewing on scripture, whether it's uh, things that are life-giving or things that are hard um, to hear and understand, um, I'm avoiding it altogether and I'm trying to figure it out on my own and it just never ends up good for anyone. <laughs> and so, um, that's just kind of what stood out to me, um, from today's sermon and we want to hear what you have to say. So please let us know in the comments. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear what you're saying about like wanting to know things, whether it's about people or wanting to know, just have knowledge. I can totally see why like putting that before God is easy. It's a easy trap to fall into, you know, because like our ways are not his ways. Mm -hmm. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And so mm -hmm. we, um, it's like Pandora's box or it's just like, you know, it just brings us back to the garden, just wanting to know what that tree has in store mm -hmm. um, and putting that before God, like wanting just to know the knowledge of good and evil yeah, about people, about things. And mm -hmm. it's so tempting, you know, and it's like, we're still at times when we're choosing to put knowledge before God or fear or whatever, it's like, we're still eating from that tree right? and it's just killing us. Mm -hmm. And so um, we need to just continue to eat of the other tree, the tree of life, which is Jesus so that was really good, eye-opening. I don't need to know everything. That's what I was hearing when you were saying. Mm. I don't need to know everything about the future, about what about when are we going to get a house? When are we going to, uh, you know, that's like my main thing I think about. When are we going to own property? When are we going to do this? And yeah. Jesus is just like, dude, you just need to focus on just following me. Yes. You don't need to know everything, you know. And living that way, like you said, is not you're not free. Mm -hmm. If you're living for tomorrow or you're living for the future, you're not free. Yeah. So, And I think another thing too, just going along with the sermon, like um, that he's come to bring a sword and not peace. And like, just as someone who struggles with people pleasing or just, you know, wanting to keep the peace really. Um, this has just been so encouraging that, one way when you put God first, you know, it will bring, it will separate, you know, like the, he said in this passage and that we can have peace with that. Like we can have peace with the fact that living for Christ, putting God first will separate us from others. And I think that's another area 
um, just as you were talking that I like thought of that, like I really struggle with like wanting to preserve certain relationships um, because of what, especially within Christianity, like Christian friendships, because of what I think they could be. Um, but because we live differently, it's just like, there's like tension. It's like, there's something that's separating those friendships, even in, within Christianity, um, because we have chosen to walk in obedience in a certain area in our life or something. And so, um, yeah, that's just another way that I'm realizing like, okay, but putting God first is, is accepting that, that there will be tension, there will be division. And then you can have peace in your life knowing that when you accept that fact, you know, you can have peace with God is what I'm saying. Like, knowing like, okay, this is, this is not a reflection of disobedience or this is not a reflection of like God being mad and not allowing this friendship to work out. Like it's supposed to be this way. Yeah. Yeah. Like like being a Christian means you don't look like a dove. You look like a sword. Yeah. And in Noah's story, there was a white dove that came with a leaf in its mouth Mm -hmm. and that meant peace. Mm -hmm. When Adam and Eve got kicked out of the garden, there was a flaming sword, which meant judgment and which meant change and division. And you can't go back the way in which you came. Mm, And when you are a Christian in Mm. church circles and pagan circles and worldly circles, when you show up and people aren't excited to see you, it's because you don't look like a dove. You look Mm. like a sword. Mm. You're coming to cut things in half. You're coming to bring division, not just for the sake of division, not in the way of hate, but in the way of love. Christ said, I came not to bring peace, but a sword. Stuff is going to stop happening. Stuff is going to be divided because of what I preach, because I'm, I'm saying you got to put God first. Yeah. Because if you don't put God first, you're going to be last in eternity. Yeah. And so that's dividing, but that's the truth. Mm. And so don't be surprised if people treat you like you're a flaming sword. That's who you are. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to just be the little peaceful doves, but that's not who he's called us to be. Mm. Now is not the time for peace, peace with God. Yes. But peace on earth is not going to come until Christ destroys this earth. And so now is the time to fight, Mm -hmm. fight for souls, whether they're the, you know, the souls of the souls of your family, the souls of your friends, the souls of people closest to you, because Christ has fought for those souls and he's called us to fight along with him. Mm-hmm. And so that's good, you know, for all the people pleasers out there. And the more you see Christ oppose people, you won't have the temptation to please people. Mm-hmm. And when you really see him the way he lives, he did not care about pleasing people. Yes. You know, and maybe I'll do an episode about that because I, I, I saw that a lot of people search that online, mm-hmm. how to not care or, um, wow. people surf like, or surf, they search, <laughs> uh, how to have like a degaff attitude mm. and, you know, crazy. Yeah. A lot of people search that, you know, they want to know how to stop caring. Mm. And I think I get what they're saying. 
Yeah. But anyway, I'll save it for another bonus <laughs> episode. Love you guys. Yes. Thanks for listening. And until next time, go out and be the church. Amen.